welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 364, I think, right? Yes, 364. And I am calling it six things I don't struggle with anymore in my home. Because last week or recently, if I said the number, then it was last week. If I didn't say the number, then it was recently. Um, I did a podcast on six ways that I still struggle in my home. And I thought, well, let's do another one on ways that I don't struggle anymore. Things that legitimately are not hard like they used to be. So I just want to remind you also, you know, I have books, right? Like, so uh, I am an author. I have three books traditionally published that are out there, Organizing for the Rest of Us, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, and How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. Um, they're available wherever books are sold, as well as in most public libraries. So uh, I highly recommend if you are completely overwhelmed, it's getting to be the end of January, might be the beginning of February by the time this comes out. But like, if you're just so overwhelmed and you're like, I <laughs> get one of the books, right? Listen to it. Listen to Decluttering at the Speed of Life, the audiobook, and work as you go. That will give you the process for your whole house, changing your whole house and clutter. So, what are some things that I don't struggle with anymore? I don't struggle with the desire to sell things. I once upon a time was an eBay seller. At the same time, I was a garage sale buyer. I would buy all kinds of things to sell them on eBay. And I did pretty well. And at the time we needed the money. Like I, I don't fault anyone for selling on eBay. I know there are some people who are like, oh, just don't do that. No, that's bad for clutter. It is bad for clutter. I mean, I, it is bad for clutter. And yet there was a time where we needed that money. And so that's what I did. I would buy things at garage sales, kids clothes, small little things, whatever. I would sell it on eBay. And yet also that's the thing that sent me over the edge and made me start an anonymous slob blog back in 2009. <laughs> so it's not like um, there's not a downside. I mean, there is a downside and that's, that's the clutter that happens. Um, so I know a lot about selling. I know that it's a lot of work to sell. Like you, it, selling your clutter is not free money. Like it, it's, it's just not. It is a ton of work. The figuring out how to sell it, figuring out how to price it, making sure it's in perfect condition so that the buyer is going to be happy about this item so that anybody's going to want it. Uh, arranging the sale, you know, I mean, like all of those things, depending on if you're going to sell it on eBay, you have to describe it, take pictures, all these things. If you're going to sell it in other formats, well, then you have to, um, you know, arrange the the pickup and make sure that you're safe and go back and forth with different buyers and things like there's all sorts of work. So whatever money you're going to get from selling something, I know from experience, I earn that money. And so now I am at a point where 
I'd like to earn money other ways. I would like to spend my time in other ways. And so I do not struggle anymore with wanting to sell things like I used to. And when I say struggle, I mean, I saw dollar signs on every single item in my home. Like I looked at everything we had, all my kids clothes, all their toys, everything. And I could pretty much immediately estimate their resale value. It was very, very difficult to me to stop doing that and just let stuff go. And yet it's not a struggle anymore. Like, and it's not just because I said, well, I'm just not going to have that money. No, it's because I experienced how donating was actually worth it to me. Like the fact that I could put stuff in a box and drop it off somewhere or call somebody to have them come pick it up, whatever. The ease of that made me go, oh, that was worth 20 bucks to me. Like I am spending so much less time handling, dealing with, researching, thinking about this stuff, and I'm just getting it out of my house. That's worth the money that I'm not making to me. Okay. And so I put huge value in donating. I view the people who take my donations as doing me a service. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible, and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. You know, I just um, had a video on YouTube recently where I was talking about, you know, this basically, you know, the the process of, you know, ways to get rid of things and stuff. And somebody said, oh, but you got to make sure that you know that the place, and, and this is you, I'm not this isn't your voice, right? Anyway, but, but somebody said, because I hear this a lot, like you need to make sure that the place that you're giving your stuff to is a worthy cause and they're not making money from it. And I'm like, oh, they can make all the money they want from it. Like take it, go sell it, sell it for a bajillion dollars. And that is fine with me. I am perfectly fine with you doing that. Will I have a moment where I go, yes, of course, if it actually sold for a bajillion million dollars, but I literally am fine with somebody making it their life business for profit business to take my stuff and sell it. Like I put that much value in it because I have experienced how much easier it is to get the stuff out of my house when I'm donating it. And I've experienced how hard it is to actually sell things. And I have experienced that having the open space, the house that's easier to maintain, that's what's valuable to me. So the faster I can get it out, the better. And I'm like, let's just donate it. I mean, sometimes I will have a moment where I'm like, oh, 
anybody else in the entire world would sell this item. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just give it away. I'll just give it away. So much easier because I just see the value in donating. So that is not a struggle for me anymore at all. And I'm saying that as someone who used to have that as one of my core biggest struggles in getting rid of stuff. So my hope is that as I share these things that I don't struggle with anymore, it's not you going, wow, that's so nice for her that she doesn't struggle anymore. But instead it helps you see, okay, even though this is really hard for me now, there is hope to get to the point where it's not always going to be this hard. It's not always going to tear my heart out to do this you know, to just stick it in a donate box when I know I could probably get 50 bucks for it. If I put the time and the work into it, there will come a time if you will let yourself build up to it. That's why I talked about the book in the beginning. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, okay, everybody just go give all your stuff away right now. Because I don't say things like that because I know there are a lot of people who are like, I can't do that. And so they just won't do anything right? Because that was me. I'm like, well, that's too overwhelming. And I can't just give everything away. I know how much stuff is worth. And so then they don't do anything. And I don't want that for you. Okay. So this is for the future for you to know it can get easier for now. Just throw away trash for now. Go ahead and donate the things that you don't that you already know you don't want to sell. Okay, go ahead and do that experience that your house is so much better with less stuff in it. And then it might make some of that stuff that you're like, well, I could sell that for a couple dollars. You know what? Worth it to go ahead and donate it eventually. And then somewhere down the line, some of these items that you would never have thought you could ever just donate might not be a struggle for you. But for now, don't worry about those. Just get rid of the stuff that's easy for you to get rid of at this point. Okay. I no longer struggle with delusions that I am suddenly going to start fixing and repairing things. This one's hard to talk about, not because I feel any kind of like pull about this, but just because I know that I know that many of you are where I was years ago and it almost feels like a moral issue to not fix something. Or let's be honest, to not put something in a corner because someday you'll fix it, right? So it felt like a moral issue to get rid of something that was broken that might possibly be able to be repaired at some point. And yet I wasn't actually fixing the thing because it felt like a moral issue. I was setting it aside so that I could be like, well, I'm not throwing it away because that would be wrong, right? Because it maybe it could be fixed at some point. But then I wasn't fixing it. And so then it was sitting there as clutter. And I decluttered so many of those types of items that now I look at it and I realize I'm not going to fix that. And I need to not donate it if it's not something that, you know, somebody people out there are dying to get their hands on to be able to fix, right? So I actually just need to get rid of it because otherwise it's sitting here, a broken item in my home. And I'm not going to call that a moral issue, but I'm going to say it's become an issue for me more to realize, oh, I need to value my home more and I need to 
prioritize my family functioning in my space, which means I need to not have a bunch of broken stuff in my corner. Okay. That's kind of a painful thing to talk about because I know many of you are where I was back in the day. Okay. So understand that I understand this is a legitimate struggle, but there's hope. Okay. How did I get past this? Well, honestly, a lot of it was going ahead and trying to fix things. You know, I, I teach that it is a valid use of decluttering time and energy to go ahead and fix something instead of setting it aside, you know, because maybe someday I'll fix it. It's actually a valid use of my decluttering energy because once it's fixed, then it actually gets to, you know, go to its real home and do what it's supposed to do. And it's not clutter anymore. Right. But as long as it's sitting there as a broken item, it is clutter. So one of the ways that I got past this struggle was to go ahead and fix things. And so many times I found out that this item that had been weighing on me as, oh, I've got to fix that someday. Oh, I've got to do that. It took like a minute and a half to fix it. I mean, it was like almost instantaneous to fix it. And I was able to actually do that. And then it got to live its real life, not as clutter anymore. Or sometimes I would go to fix it and I would realize, oh, it's not even fixable. Like it's legit, but I didn't know that as long as it was just sitting there waiting to be fixed, right? And so that in and of itself helps me identify more what can be fixed easily, what can't be fixed and is never going to be fixed. Sometimes I would go to, as part of decluttering, say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and fix this. And I was like, I don't want to fix it. I don't care enough to fix it. And I'm not going to donate something broken. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it away. Like, but going ahead through that process, so many times running across so many broken things. Now it's one of those things where I don't struggle anymore. When something is broken, it's like, okay, is this worth fixing immediately? Or do I not actually care about it that much? Or you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get rid of it. So that's not a struggle for me anymore. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional chart. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up 
for success for the coming week. Prep Dishes step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Spring is arriving and with the change of season, it may be time to upgrade your wardrobe because our closets are a defined space, a container. It's nice to give priority space to high quality items that you love. Quince makes high quality possible. They carry high-end products at great prices. Things like organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. My son got so much use out of the down puffer vest I ordered for him this winter. So now I'll be looking at Quince for sundresses for myself for summer. Quince partners directly with top factories, which cuts out the cost of the middleman. That means more savings for us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash clean for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash clean to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash clean. Okay, number three thing that I do not struggle with anymore I'm going to say I don't struggle with it anymore. Maybe occasionally I have a thought, okay? But it's not something I agonize over like I used to, all right? And that is saving things for a future version of me that's real different from the right now me, okay? I was the person with, uh, you know, you might call it a Renaissance woman, whatever. Although Renaissance women are probably not allowed to be exactly like this, but you know what I mean? Renaissance man is, is the term that's used, like likes to do all different kinds of things. I am interested in so many different things. And so, so many things that I decluttered over the years were things that I had collected for this future vision of who I was going to be. Okay. Well, through decluttering things and realizing how much harder life had been for all of these super cool and useful things that I might want to use one day, but that were making it harder to live in my house, that were making it me not have the room for the things I actually needed for right now, that were making it harder to actually do things in the moment because there was so much stuff everywhere taking up the room that I needed to be able to do the things. Then I realized that I was getting rid of all these things and I was okay. Because I have been doing this for so many years that I have grown into being the future me on a few of these things. I've also realized certain versions of future me was never going to happen. That's not actually what I enjoy doing. And so I was holding on to things thinking, well, maybe someday I'm going to want to do this. And now I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. But even for the things that I got rid of, and then one day actually did get into that thing or wanted to do this thing, I've realized it's okay. I generally can find whatever it is 
that I need. So one of the things, you know, for me, it's been costumes because I was a theater arts teacher and who knows when I'm going to need different things. So that's a real good reason, excuse, to hold on to anything and everything because it legitimately could be useful one day. I really might be in a situation where I need a Raggedy Ann and a Raggedy Andy costumes set, right? Like that, that could legitimately happen to me. And I am not making this up, you know? And yet I've realized over time, oh, okay, I can put together something. And there are people who love doing that kind of thing, who's probably the people who made those costumes that then ended up in a garage sale where I bought them. But like, there are people who enjoy doing this. We're going to be fine. Whatever costumes we need, I'll be able to go to the thrift store and find some pieces to put together to create the costume that I need. I'm going to be fine. So I've lived into these situations where I would have used this stuff and I've been fine. And because of that, I now no longer struggle to hold on to stuff for a future version of me. I still keep random weird things. We talked about this in that episode where I was talking about the things I do still struggle with. I still struggle with some irrational attachments to things but I give it a home. And some of these items where I'm like, okay, this isn't actually anything I'm actually into. This is not something I want to do right now. It only exists in my home because at some point I thought, oh, maybe future me will want to do this. Maybe she'll want to get into watercolor painting or whatever. I now am willing to get rid of that kind of stuff or not bring it into my home at all. Not, you know, be the first one to raise my hand when a friend says they want to get rid of all their watercolor stuff. You know, that used to be me. I was the one who would raise my hand and be like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Because what if I want to get into that someday? Won't I be so excited that I had a whole entire set that I got for free back when somebody randomly offered it? I'm not tempted by those things anymore because I know that when I get into something, it's going to be okay. I'll be able to find what I need. I'll be able to get what I need. I'll be able to say, hey, does anybody have a, you know, some watercolors that they were thinking about getting rid of? Great. All right. Um, I've lived through decluttering regret, meaning I have lived through needing something that I had decluttered in the past and I've survived every single time. And because of that, those things don't hold the same appeal. I'm not desperate to hold on to things that I might want that some future version of me might want. I'm just not, it's not that big of a deal anymore to me anymore. And that's not a struggle for me anymore. Okay. Number four, I no longer struggle with putting off decluttering until I have the time to do it right. So a lot of you, um, unless you're brand new here, surely you already know this, but you know, my decluttering process that I teach in my books and everywhere is uh, progress and only progress. It's a five-step method. We go item by item, final decision by final decision, acting on that final decision. And the whole point of it is that I can declutter without making a bigger mess, which means I can declutter in any amount of time that I have available. Okay. I used to fall into the trap that I know so many people do, which is not decluttering because I am trying to estimate how much time it will take me to do this space or project correctly. 
Okay. I want to, you know, I want to do this right. And because I used to think that the only way to declutter was to pull everything out of a space and then I would end up with everything, you know, spread out all over the house or all over the tables. And, and then I, you know, couldn't quit or whatever. And then life happened and it got worse and it was just disastrous. I don't do it that way anymore. And so it's no longer a struggle to me to try to figure out how much time I'm going to have to devote to decluttering. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize I was going to have a couple hours today, huh? Okay, well, I'm going to go declutter in a space because I know for a fact that I will make progress and only progress as long as I'm following my my own that I made up no mess method, right? And so that is not a struggle, which means that I just focus on a space being better. I'm like, I'm just going to work on this space for a while because I'm never going to end up with a bigger mess, I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I can't step away at any moment. And so, eh, you know. I'll work on it now. And if I remember that, oh yeah, I did have something to do today, it'll be fine. You know, I'm not going to make it any worse ever. It's only going to get better. I focus on better, right? And so that, that's huge. That ultimately is what changed my house is when I started doing things in a way where I was only making a space better and I was giving myself permission to be happy with better. And as long as I did that, then I was better. (laughs) Oh man, I'm funny. Next number five. Um, I no longer get too overwhelmed to start decluttering. I still get overwhelmed sometimes. I talked about that in last week's or a recent podcast, whenever I put it out. Uh, I, I did. I mean, I, I talked about how, um, I still feel overwhelmed when I experience what I call slob vision, only referring to myself in this, but you know, where I don't see incremental mess. I see, oh, it looks so great in here. And oh my word, what happened in here? And I don't see it happening. I don't see it building. And so I still have those moments of overwhelm, but I don't experience decluttering paralysis anymore from that overwhelm. You know, that's that's that feeling of, oh my word, I feel overwhelmed. I'm going to turn around and pretend this doesn't exist. I'm going to, um, I just can't do it. I mean, this is, this is a frustration, a question, a common complaint. I get all the time from people like it's just too much and I'm just stuck and I can't get started. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Why? Well, it's because what I was talking about in the last one, I see the value in better. I count a space having less than it used to have in it as decluttering success, even if I'm not done. I count that as success, which means there's no reason to not get started. Focusing on better and less as my goals means that I don't have to have a certain amount of time and there's no way to fail. There's literally nowhere, no way to fail at decluttering, if I count it as success to get rid of something, to throw away trash, to do anything. And that mindset shift is what has changed my home. Y'all, as long as I was putting off decluttering until I had time to do it right, as long as I was decluttering in a way where I you know, there was no point in getting started if I wasn't going to have hours and hours to work on it, um, as long as I 
only thought about all the stuff that I've got to do. Oh my goodness, the space is so completely overwhelming. It's going to take so much time. It's going to be so much effort. There's so much to do. As long as that was my focus, my house stayed a disaster. But when I changed my focus and my goal to, I'm going to make this space better. I'm going to have less in this space and I'm going to count that as success. That's when my house changed. Okay. So if you are in your house, well, that's good for her, but I really want to do this right. That's fine as long as you're doing it. But if you're not doing it, if you've been listening to me and you're thinking, well, that's good for her, but no, no, no. I mean, it's really important to me that I do it right. Y'all, I hear people say that kind of stuff all the time. It drives me bananas, right? Like, oh yeah, but I really, I really like for my space to be like perfectly clear. And so I'm going to declutter. I want to do it really, really well. Yay for you if you're doing it. But if you're not doing it, focus on better. Like in theory, your way is better than mine. And yet we don't live in theory. We live in reality. So if in your reality, your house is a disaster, then you need to let go of your theory if it's not serving you well. Okay. And instead you just need to focus on a space being better. Okay. All right. So I no longer struggle with getting too overwhelmed to get started. Do I get overwhelmed? Yes but I can still get started because I know trash is going to make a difference. If you don't believe me, I say this all the time, right? Take a picture, set a timer for five minutes, throw away trash for five minutes and take another picture and see, is this space any better? Was that worth your time? That mindset shift is what actually changed my home and got my home to being the place that I wanted it to be back when I used to think, oh, it's so overwhelming. I've got so much to do. And then I never did anything because I wanted to do it perfectly, right? Instead, focusing on better and less has gotten me to where I always wanted to be anyway, okay? Um, I no longer struggle with figuring out the best place to put things, I no longer struggle with coming up with a great organizing solution. I don't struggle with that anymore. Why? Because I just asked my first decluttering question. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? It's not a struggle anymore. I don't have to analyze. I don't have to research. I don't have to wonder. Oh, I don't know is this the best place to put this? Oh, I don't know. Now that would be, you know, oh, this would look adorable over there. And then I've experienced so many times of putting someplace, putting something in a place where it was going to look adorable or just be perfect and then never being able to find it again or whatever. And then that would make it harder for me. And if you, you know, I don't have to figure that out anymore, y'all. I just asked myself the question, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That's it. I mean, that's it. That's all there is to it. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That's its home. Does it mean that I have some stuff in weird places? Yes. But can I find stuff when I need it? Yeah, I can. And that's the goal of being organized. Also, um, as far as like big fancy organizing systems, I have come to the point where I'm like, I'll just have less stuff. 
I'll just, instead of coming up with a fancy shelving unit to put inside of this cabinet so I can keep lots and lots of stuff and then I'll never be able to maintain it and it'll constantly be a disaster and frustration. Instead, I'm like, you know what? I'll keep four things so that they all have plenty of room on the shelf. I can open up the cabinet, see what's in there, get what I need and be fine. I I mean, I don't have to figure out the stuff anymore because I just say just having less stuff. That's the answer. There's nothing to figure out. There's nothing to analyze and think hard and figure out. There's just not. It is a instinct-based answer. So let's talk about that really quickly for you. Now, remember, this is me years down the line, okay? It is very likely if you're in the very beginning, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense because my instincts are not right. Part of the process is learning to trust your instincts and knowing which instincts to trust. All right. So where would I look for this first does not mean that you are confident it's going to be there when you get there, right? It is, it is not about confidence and knowing. It is about asking yourself, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Putting it in that place. And then when you need the item, you're going to think in your mind, I'm going to be looking for this all day because this is what happens to me all the time. Oh, here we go again. Ugh, thought I was doing better. And now I'm going to have to tear the house apart, blah, blah, blah. But the first place where you go look for it 80, 90% of the time, if you put it in the first place where you would look for it, where you think that pops in your head as where you would go looking, it's actually there. And then you start to gain a little confidence and you think, okay, all right. Okay. Wow. That actually worked. And then the next time it's a little bit easier to say, okay, where would I look for this first? Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's a terrible place to put that. And yet, uh, if that's where you would look for it first, go put it there. Because I have experienced this so many times and I know for a fact it works, that things are in the first place where I look for them, even if I'm not confident it's going to be there, most of the time they're in the place where I look first because I used this as my decision maker, my instinct-based decision. I did not spend a bunch of time. It is not a hard thing to do anymore because I'm like, well, that's a weird place, but you know what, if that's where I would look for it first, then I'm going to put it there because I know for a fact that this is what works. And now I have an actual place for it to be because so much of the organizing frustration for people who have struggled all their lives, which was me, is that I didn't trust myself. How many times had I, you know, come up with all these really inventive, cool, great, logical places to put things and then could never find anything anymore. And instead, now I have an instinct-based answer where I say, it is nothing for me to stop and think a lot about. I am just going to say, where would I look for this first? And the first place that pops in my mind, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful. I hope that it didn't make you go, oh, wow. She's got it all together. I'm just kidding. I know, I know you would never think that when you listen to me, but I did, I just wanted to share this because I don't want, you know, I I talked in the last podcast, whether it was last week or whenever, um, I talked about ways that I still struggle and how 
so many people tell me it is helpful for them to know that struggling doesn't equal failure, right? Like that just because I still struggle with something does not mean I just need to throw away everything I've done and come up with a new way. The goal is not necessarily to never struggle again, because that may be an unrealistic goal on a lot of these things, right? And so a lot of people tell me it's very helpful for them to know, oh, okay, I just need to know going in, this may always be a struggle for me. And yet there is a way to manage it. Okay. So that was the point of that podcast. But I also, in case for some of you, it was like, oh, really? I want you to know there is hope for there to be some things that you won't struggle with anymore. Right? Like I, it's exciting when I look back and I go, yeah, this used to be something that caused me so much angst. This used to be something that I went back and forth on, or this used to be something that I automatically kept things that maybe they could be fixed someday. And then my house was constantly full of broken things that I was probably never going to fix. You know, like that was the way things used to be. And that is not a struggle anymore. Now, something that's broken that I'm not going to fix immediately, it's now trash to me, like, which is the easiest of the easy stuff. So while it used to be something that caused me angst and stress and lots of thinking and lots of analyzing, it is not anymore. So there is hope for even though there are going to be things that you will always struggle with, there are also going to be things that will be less of a struggle. So if you are just getting started, I'm going to say the same thing I said in that other podcast, which is start with the easy stuff. Start with what's easy. Go ahead and get rid of the things that are easy for you right now. Go ahead and do, go ahead and deal with the stuff that right now is not a struggle for you. Because that stuff getting out of your house is going to give you momentum, right? I always tell people, because people, when they hear me talk about decluttering, they immediately want to talk about the thing that wakes them up in the middle of the night as, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? Oh my goodness, do I really have to get rid of that? But uh, don't start with those things, all right? Start with the stuff that's not a struggle for you right now. Because so many times you think about the things that, are going to be hard. And then it feels like everything's going to be hard. There are things right now in your home, most likely for 99% of you that are not a struggle that won't even be a struggle for you right now. Embrace those things and go ahead and get those things out of the house. As you do that, you're going to wake up your decluttering muscles. You're going to start learning how much nicer your house is without less, with less stuff in it, all that it's going to make it easier. You're going to build and then other things eventually will not be a struggle for you anymore. Okay. But no, even the things that are, it's okay. There's a way to work through it. Right. All right. I just want to remind you that, um, you know, if you'd like to be a patron of the show, we'd love to have you, uh, join our super secret Facebook group where, um, these are the ways that we talk about things. We celebrate things that other people in other places probably would never think to celebrate, but we do. And we are excited for each other with every little step that we take. And we speak this language. This is how we talk about things. And so if you want to talk about your own struggles with people who 
get it, totally get it, and also are working through it themselves as well using these strategies, then that's a great thing. So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean to find out more about that. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.